The Rufus Project would like to advise the following podcast contains spoilers for Warcraft from 2016. If you do not wish to have this movie spoilt, please watch it before listening to the following podcast. Is it a grand fantasy adventure or does it get stuck on its own tusks? We watched Warcraft from 2016 to see if we could redeem it. Were we successful? Find out after the theme. So bad it's good, what's this movie do you think we should? It's got bad guys love dodgy creatures, but we want to know what the redeeming features. Hello and welcome to the Rufus Project Redeeming Features cast, this time looking at Warcraft from 2016. My name is Trevor Holland, I suggested this one this time around, and I am joined by... A Christian Fletcher, the person who didn't suggest it this time. Woo! Thank you so much Trevor for welcoming me back, but um, yeah, I'm not too sure about the outcome of the movie just yet. Well, yeah, we get there, we get there in the end, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a fun journey, let's put it that way. Oh, definitely. And as we say, if the bo- if the movie's not any good, the chats are always a lot of fun. So this could this could go anyway. <laughs> it could indeed. Now, if anyone out there uh, isn't up to speed on the Warcraft movie, I've got a little synopsis here. As an orc horde invades the planet Azeroth using a magic portal, a few human heroes and dissenting orcs must attempt to stop the true evil behind this war. And that's probably the the best briefer way of saying it, even though it feels like so much more than that. But yeah, that sums it up pretty yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure we'll cover over some of the uh, the um, plot points as we go. Yeah, more convoluted <laughs> parts, but perhaps, yeah. perhaps. but that but that does it in a nutshell for sure. Now with this one, just having a look at the awards at the Annie Awards, it was nominated for outstanding achievement in animated effects in a live action production. And Outstanding Achievement in Character Animation in a Live Action Production. The Visual Effects Society Awards nominated it for Outstanding Animated Performance in a Photo Reel Feature. It won the Best Sound Editing Music in a Feature Film for the Motion Picture Sound Editors Awards. And uh, the St. Louis Film Critics Association gave it the ultimate prize for Worst Film of the Year. <laughs> Oh, you've got to watch out for that St. Louis <laughs> um, award. Yeah, no, that can, that can ruin your career. <laughs> there we go. But um, quite interesting there, but I, I did have a bit of a chuckle with movies like this where it says the um, the, the animation in a live action because you're almost like, no, shouldn't it be more? They should have been nominated for the live action in a CGI movie. <laughs> Very confusing. I'm sure we will discuss that a bit more as we go on, but um, it could lie. <laughs> it could lie either way. There we go. Yep, yep. Oh, certainly... Certainly we'll have to discuss the animation at some length, <laughs> I get the feeling, <laughs> for this. Now, uh, I, I was of the opinion this was a box office bomb, so just as, as a lead in the Turkey trivia, I'm going to break it down a bit more than usual because of like, the reputation this movie has. We'll start off with the, the IMDb rating on this one is 6.9 out of 10. The budget is $160 million. It ended up taking $433 million worldwide. However, it only took about 
50 million in the US, which is why, according to most metrics that the people use to uh, to gauge box office success, it is considered a bit of a dud. But uh, it didn't do too badly at the end of the day. Yeah, and possibly maybe a lot of the feedback you were, we were getting from the movie or, or what we were hearing was more, more sort of the reviews rather than the box office. So, because, yeah, I can imagine Warcraft fans would have flocked to this. I don't know whether to laugh at it or to actually think they're going to enjoy it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, would have, they would have been unsure about going in because I'm sure, but the, yeah, I'm sure fandom was quite up in arms about them making a movie about this. Yeah, yeah, and, and probably what we should have mentioned in, in, as part of the synopsis is that this is based on... Uh, not only World of Warcraft, which is probably the most known uh, of the computer game series, being the, the big multiplayer, massive online role-playing game. I think that's how you, you put it together. Uh, but there was also a series of strategy games before they came out as well in the Warcraft series, which were very, very popular. So uh, as a franchise from a computer game side of things, it has quite a, uh, quite a long and esteemed history. And then they made a movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting that they, because I'm assuming it's been around for a while. Like it's, it's, it's interesting that it took them so long to make a movie. But I suppose this, these last couple few years have been that the time is right for that kind of stuff because they're really desperate for things. Yeah, indeed. Now, uh, just getting back to the box office figures, uh, this movie holds the record for the largest weekday midnight opening in China. Um, in fact, it made approximately one billion Chinese yarn, or yuan, I think that's how it's pronounced, um, which basically, when you convert that over, added about $150 million to that box office figure. Ooh. So as you were saying, you know, it essentially, you know, in inverted commas, bombed in the US. It would have been Asia that would have done most of the business, it sounded like, for this movie. Quite possibly, quite possibly. Now, uh, it was in production for a while, and I quite like this, that, the, uh, that uh, director... Our old friend, director Uwe Boll, contacted Blizzard about directing the film, but Blizzard refused. As quoted by MTV News, Uwe stated, I got in contact with Paul Sams of Blizzard, and he said, we will not sell the movie rights, not to you, especially not to you. (laughs) (laughs) They must have seen Blood Rain. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. Maybe they didn't get to that final, uh, that final line of number three, which was the best thing Uwe Bell's ever done. But anyway, I don't agree. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but um, that doesn't really redeem too much um, of the three movies. No, but anyway. No. Um, but they, they went on to say, because it's such a big online game success, that maybe a bad movie would destroy that ongoing income. And uh, that's what the company felt about Uwe Bell asking to direct. <laughs> And from the sounds of it, the fans wouldn't have cared either way because um, it seemed to get pretty much slaughtered by the critics and fans, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it, it has one of those things. It's one of those ones, uh, I think, that it reflects with those mid-range IMDb scores. Like, you know, there's like a divide in the opinion of the movie, which I guess is, that's where we come in to make that Ex- definitive <laughs> exactly. opinion. Maybe. <laughs> it's pretty much, yeah, the people that are... Absolutely love this movie and will stick up for it no matter what, or the people that absolutely hate it. And I think we kind of end up on the middle trying to defend either side and, and hope for the best. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> uh, now, uh, after after Uwe Boll was refused, uh, for a while uh, Sam Raimi was set to be the director before the honours went on to Duncan Jones. Now, Duncan Jones, I know that name, and I was wondering if you'd be able to enlighten me on where I'd know his name from, having directed other stuff. 
I shall do the wonderful, <laughs> someone looks up something on the internet on a podcast. I should have already looked this up, um, but um, I just remembered to ask you. Um, his, his name seemed very familiar, and I'm wondering what other movies well, he's he done. Well, that... he was the director of uh, Moon, which I haven't seen, but I know got quite some uh, considerable acclaim. He also directed a movie called Source Code, which I... Oh, okay, I know that no, one you mean. No. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I can see both of those films sort of fitting in with this kind of style, I suppose. Okay, so not a great deal, but he has got some uh, yeah. he has got some critical critically acclaimed chops under his belt, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly more than U- Uwe Boll. <laughs> yeah. That's what they were thinking in this case. Pretty much. Um, now, uh, with this uh, particular movie, life-size weapons and suits of armour were built for the Orcs, despite the orcs being played by actors using motion capture. And this was mainly for photographic references and so that they could use them as props on the set. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, you've answered my question about how they did that. So, you know, there's a lot of that I was... Go- I was wa- and what did you say? Stop motion... Oh, motion capture. Motion capture. That's the term, yeah. I was wondering for a lot... Because a lot of times, especially the realism in a lot of that, especially those early scenes when... Um, when they're, you know, before she's having the baby and they're sort of talking to each other and things like that, and they've got that real human side to them. And I was like, yeah, are these actors, I'm, <laughs> I wasn't quite understanding. So, um, so motion capture makes a lot more sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. As made famous by, uh, Andy Serkis. He's, uh, the, the, the premium motion capture actor. Probably could have been useful in this movie. Let's move on quickly. <laughs> uh, now, uh, Duncan Jones has said that the Warcraft universe is very high fantasy, or in other words, very eccentric, and he planned to make it feel more grounded in reality uh, at the same time while well, at the same time trying to keep the look and feel of the games in the film. Oh, such a hard mix to get, you know, trying to make it as mo- the most fantasy thing, you know, but being as realistic as possible. But I can see what he means, kind of trying to give them a bit more of a human side and not a human side, but yeah, g- give these these characters more of an emotion rather than being characters in a video game. Yeah, pretty much. Now, uh, I- I've summarised... Most of the other trivia, as there are plenty of game references from weapons and armor through to characters in the background for fans of the Warcraft games. Oh, that's good. And by the sounds of it, as you said, they've got War- World of Warcraft and all those other sort of, you know, strategy games. So, you know, it sounds like they had a little bit to work with anyway. Indeed, indeed they did. Did so. Uh, so this is the redeeming features cast. What we need to do is we're taking a look at a movie with, uh, in this case, a uh, bit of a divided opinion and a less than sterling reputation, and uh, seeing how redeemable it is. So we need to set a baseline. So I've been to Amazon and I've dug up a review, uh, which I think shows what we're working from. Uh, now the title of this review is. I always hold high hopes for video games translated into movies. <laughs> I was looking forward to seeing this movie. I always hold high hopes for video games translated into movies, hoping that they will be great and more movies would follow. Unfortunately, this isn't one of them. There are too many problems with this movie. Too many subplots, enough plot holes to make you wonder, why did that just happen? Time invested in characters only to see them die? Time invested in characters that you don't care about, and not enough time spent in the mythology of the Warcraft world. Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, it is not, but it could take a lesson or two from the Resident Evil and Underworld series. Yes, they're not great movies, but they're entertaining. This one, however, 
is not. One star. Uh, like like with most of these reviews of the early ones, there's a lot of parts where I was nodding my head too, <laughs> and 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 maybe shaking it too. So, but uh, I I love how the opening line is about the um you know I expect a lot from a video game adaptation. That might be your first problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think going into a video game adaptation, um, ex. Expecting it not to be that great <laughs> is a safer approach. Uh, I know, uh, it's not going to be too deep. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, as you yeah. say, it's our baseline. So I have a number of guilty pleasure video game adaptations uh, under my belt. So, you know, I, I could be considered a fan of this particular type of movie um, <laughs> with a lot of qualifications <laughs> added to that statement. Uh, yeah, and I think you can also appreciate probably the badness of a lot of them too. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, some of them are so bad it's good, but we will uh, <laughs> we will won't say any more about that except check out our podcast on DOA Dead or Alive. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to this one. <laughs> um, so yeah, Christian, two hours and three minutes. That was the oh, first no. thing I saw. I noticed. I was. I'd like to make a note of, of how long I'm going to have to sit and watch one of these movies. And since it was my first time, it's just like, okay, two hours, I can do this. Yeah, it did, it did surprise me, actually, that they managed to make it that long. And But I always laugh to myself because I'm like, oh, don't worry, it'll be about 15 minutes of end credits. <laughs> There's a lot of technical stuff happening. <laughs> so, um, But yeah, so I must admit the two hours did scare me, but I knew we, we had to achieve it. And um, I was going in completely blind, knowing absolutely nothing about Warcraft whatsoever. So... Yeah, confusion with subplots and things like that. I can kind of nod my head with that stuff because, yeah, as I said, I'm going in not knowing a thing about the world I was about to enter. Yeah, yeah. I I know what I know, I suppose, almost via osmosis. I've never actually been a Warcraft player. So, again, I was was very much in the same boat. I probably knew more of the cultural uh, references when it comes to Warcraft, but when it came to the actual plot and mythology, uh, yeah, completely... uh, completely new to me so uh i think that's what what makes this an interesting choice first up is is the fact that we were both going in not really know what to expect and uh from the start though with that opening music uh they like even made the universal logo dramatic with the oh i know (laughs) (laughs) it always shocks me every time i um watch things like this i always think something's happened to the dvd and or (laughs) it's not syncing up or something i'm like that's weird that universal isn't doing its normal but yeah straight into it with with its kind of hum 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 or this certain i don't know chanting sort of music and yeah straight into it and i thought yeah as i sat in i thought um yeah i could possibly like this but bit early to say (laughs) once just once i would like to see a video game movie that didn't start with someone explaining the plot. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because I, I thought, you know, it's very often we see this, but it was refreshing not to have a scroll for once. Yeah. Even though, yeah. even though I think we have had the, the voiceover narration more than the scroll, but I don't know. It just seems like we've had a lot of scrolls recently. More than a baker. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, but of course they have to do that, which, which is so funny in a two-hour movie. You think, gosh, don't you have plenty of time to kind of explain all this? But anyway. Yeah, and... Uh... We're, we're straight straight in amongst the uh, amongst the orc horde, and they all do seem very very jolly and just like so much green. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> green orcs and green light and green mist and glowing green eyes and green being taken from one bunch of people and given to a big green portal. Just so much green. Oh, and and, the, and me already going, oh, it must be a reference to the video game. They must have to get, <laughs> have to get this green <laughs> Oh, But um, I, I don't know if it's what you've spoken about in the past, but do you know how we, like, we said about sort of action scenes where they film them quite tight and don't sort of show much of the yeah they're very it's almost edited very fast i got that same vibe with this i don't know if it was the fact i was watching it on a small screen but it almost felt a bit claustrophobic but that happened a lot through a lot of the scenes and and i wonder if it was something that would have looked a lot better on the big screen especially as you said all these green colors flashing at you all the time there's a lot to take in yeah definitely like it went from just shots of hordes and hordes of CGI characters back to the uh, protagonist orc and his wife in the in, in their tents at like talking and you know wifey orcs pregnant and yet she's going to go through with with her with her tribe or whatever they called them the subtribes of the orcs I, I lost track of the whole dynamic of the orc society pretty quickly <laughs> oh you're you're well done even knowing the names of all these things i'm still <laughs> scratching my head i've got most of the time i've got a oh, green girl and all this other sort of stuff here but um but yeah no like i was saying earlier they were trying to sort of give these characters i suppose yeah or, yeah the protagonist or whatever the um this sort of human side like he even makes a joke about her fat belly and it was just it was just quite it was a bit sort of jarring and a bit weird and it was it's not something you expect but i'm like oh okay they must be trying to give these these characters a bit more make them a bit more relatable possibly even though we were going to find out that they're going to bring humans into this as well because trust me i was thinking that it was going to be like this the entire time <laughs> oh right right well, at least i had okay i was slightly up in you there i knew that it was humans versus orcs that was like the subtitle of the of the warcraft games way way back um <laughs> but yeah, shows how much I know about it. But yeah, as we keep going through, and I'm just thinking, does everything in this place work by green? And then they they charge into the portal, and of course the orc wife goes into labour whilst travelling through this void. Thinking, yeah. Oh, yeah. That that was that was going to happen from the outset, and then uh, when they get to the other side to help the baby live, big bad. Evil Orc? Can we call him that? I can't even remember his name. Yeah, uh, look, you're doing better than me. <laughs> main, main Orc, main Orc, who's obviously evil because he's got glowing green eyes, walking the hunch, <laughs> and is wearing a robe. Yes, it sounds like a lot of other movies we've yeah, seen. Yeah, yeah, like, yes. if you go to just, you may as well just sensible bad guy across the back of their robe uh, <laughs> if you're going to do that. Um, he uses uh, he uses the magic of green or fell, as we find out that it's called. To uh, take the life from a nearby deer and and put it into this uh, newborn baby that wasn't looking too lively a second ago. And, and automatically, I sort of felt like we were watching a Shrek movie or something like that. That baby looked so much like a baby Shrek. <laughs> yeah, and it, but the baby was a lot more greener than his parents. Like there's one particular tribe of orcs. They weren't overly green, whereas many other ones were much much greener, up to the glowing green of robed bad guy <laughs> but yeah as, as it as it zooms out and we kind of see green shimmering in the background and it comes in and the logo hits and we get the big warcraft across the screen i'm thinking i was expecting that to be green <laughs> maybe it had just blinded your eyes by that stage <laughs> but i must admit I, I felt straight away that we were watching almost like a, a tv movie or something only because the fact that the credits just it, 
came up and then just left. You know, they didn't waste any time sort of, you know, pretty much having opening credits. It was, war, war, you know, Warcraft and then off. So, you know, it was short and sweet, but um, straight into... I actually thought by then going into the next... Look, I thought, because we'd just seen the baby being born, I thought we were going to see, you know, the baby being grown up or something after the opening, you know, opening title, but we find out that it's pretty much the same time or real time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like, when they... Because, I mean, obviously the start of this movie is very CGI heavy, and I'll say straight up, compared to our last CGI heavy heavy movie, Got to Egypt, the CGI in this movie was so much better than that. Uh, but mm. when it cuts to our first look at one of the actual human, one of the real actors, and he's like in a, um, almost like a, a workshop or some sort of thing with, with this wolf character who is CGI being handed a boomstick. I'm thinking, that's from the Evil Dead guys. It really felt like at that time the human actors were just like really standing out against this back, against the CGI at that time. Well, that's the sort of things that I noticed is, yeah, the CGI was good, but it was whenever they'd mix the humans, with, which I know happens a lot, but um, it was very jarring in a lot of times and it would almost take you out of this universe that they were creating, you know. But, yeah, it, it almost could have lent itself really well to being only CGI, but then I'm thinking to myself, oh, God, I don't think I could have. <laughs> it was almost, it was refreshing to have those breaks with humans. I almost saw it as <laughs> a break for my eyes. But then there were shots too. Like, I, I loved anything with the um, the big eagle or the griffin or whatever they that, that fly on. Mm. And shots like that when it was going up through the clouds and just shots like that would have looked breathtaking and amazing on the big screen and, and, um, and, and would have worked for that world. But, yeah, as soon as you, you throw in a human, it's a little bit off kilter and it doesn't seem quite right. Yeah, it kind of, yeah, it kind of just, uh, uh, for me, I, I'll just say this now, I kind of like wave it a bit back and forth. Uh, I, th- I think I did adjust to it after a while. Uh, but, yeah, certainly you, you can't fault any of the scenery in this movie, whether it was... Uh, enhanced real world locations or full cgi is i suppose a lot of the the shots with the griffin flying through the skies are would be would be very much cgi the scenery was spectacular Mm, and it's almost like the humans had to come along to ruin it. <laughs> but um, but then you know, just shots like that, yeah, flying down through the sky and then down, you know, past the huge, you know, castles or whatever, you know, landing. Yeah, it was just quite good. And and God, the thing I liked about that Griffin, it had some attitude too. <laughs> it did. It did. I, I love I love how they almost you know, they almost treated it like a horse, especially that bit when he um pretty much tells it to go and fly off. We you know we're going to get our own way, and it almost sort of like a dog or a horse. No, I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Which kicks up a stink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's scary when a CGI character has more character than some of the humans. But we'll get back to that. Yes. <laughs> because, yeah, I think, like, as we get to the humans, we, we meet our, our main fighter dude. And then you've got the wizard who comes in who who who's <laughs> trying to... Who's, it seems like he's trying to speak very formally, but... I don't know. To me, it sounded like he kept dropping back into an Aussie accent. He just couldn't quite you, maintain it. Are you talking about the, the guy that they ended up, the Guardian or whatever his name no, is? No, the, not, not, not the Guardian, the, the first wizard dude who's uh, oh, sorry. He's examining yep. the bodies and he opens up one of these mouths and goes, Oh no, it's green! As green oh, stuff comes right. out. Yeah. Oh, I know, yeah. And um, I'm, I'm sure half the time, too, I, I could just imagine them acting on stage with pretty much nothing but green screen around them and a few motion capture things happening. So it would have been quite jarring to get to keep in character, let's just say. Indeed, indeed. We get what I feel 
at this point in the movie anyway is a lot of plot in a very short space of time it's like we find out villages are being attacked and and soldier dude comes in wants to know more and finds out that there's been a guy poking around he goes in and finds a guy poking around and pins him to the wall because he doesn't want him he recognizes immediately that it's a wizard and doesn't want him casting a spell and then wizard goes i'll show you what's going on and shows him the green and then they go off to see the king and they convince the king to so they let them go to the guardian and they jump on the griffin and they go to the guardian and you get another big castle with a big glowy ball of energy on the top of it and you're going is the entire movie going to be like this because oh, this, I'm is, glad- this is this is hectic <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't just me because, again, this is something where I'm like, okay, maybe you need to have seen the video game. You know, it's like they're trying to compress every kind of subplot or, or whatever in, into this short period of time. And, you know, we were pretty much only at about the 10 or 15 minute mark at this stage. So that's a lot of information to be thrown at you. So I always hope in situations like this, okay, they're going to rest, spend the rest of the movie explaining it all for us. But I felt in many ways we didn't catch up with a lot of that stuff too because it was like that review said earlier, so many subplots going on. Yeah, I'm happy for things to be established and put there as just something as this is a thing. You know, I can handle that in a movie, but when it throws it at, like, multiple things at you like that, it gets a bit, okay, are you going to explain any of this or do you have to just take all of this on board and just accept all of it without a doubt? And then, of course, when we get to the Guardian... And he's a very stern guy, also wearing a, a hood, because, you know, hoods. They, no way he's saying that he's going to be evil at any point. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, <laughs> Not predictable at all. Uh, but, yeah, his, his performance was so almost monotone. I don't know. It was kind of the, the range of performances, even at this stage of the movie, it was like the orcs were getting the best performances simply because of the extra animation in their faces whereas these humans a a lot of them were doing very little while others were just straight out crazy (laughs) yeah straight up like again okay is there any 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 sort of consistency to performances here oh no there's not oh and plus we've got at least four different accents happening in amongst these humans that live together oh yeah and for for a while there i was thinking are we supposed to be going with the british sort of sound here or, oh no they're supposed to be <laughs> some other kind of from another world yeah it was trying to it was so hard to try and work at follow it and but as you mentioned about the guardian though i couldn't believe it. he just came across like this real hippie surfer dude in a, in a robe that's just something and the more i think about it actually it kind of looked a bit like tim minchin so imagine tim minchin in a robe we are speaking about the same guy i'm assuming <laughs> i am actually seeing it now but i could not see i i, I just kept seeing him as the he's the hippie surfer guy you go and see it it's always, i don't know he just felt like the guy that probably not comic relief but he was probably the one that um was sort of probably enjoying it a little bit more too but um not necessarily giving a, a performance worthy of a guardian but as you said um things go a bit more sinister for him a bit later on so he's not he's not he doesn't he's not the chilled hippie surfer dude for long <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, with that, it's it's doesn't take too long before they're out uh, going through the countryside trying to work out why all these villages are being attacked by these giant creatures. And uh, then, uh, then of course, they come across. We get our first battle between the orcs and the humans. And uh, yeah, you probably wouldn't want to watch many of these uh, these fight scenes if you were a fan of horses. 
Oh, I know. Yeah, I was a bit. Su- I was quite surprised about that. Actually, they didn't <laughs> didn't hold back at all. No, no. I mean, literally picking up horses and throwing them at people. It's like, what? Okay, that's kind of spectacular. Uh, yeah, I'm assuming that wasn't in the game. I hope that's not an option you can choose. <laughs> uh, I, again, I'm not really aware um, about the uh, the orc faction options in in the Warcraft games, but uh, I'm pretty sure brute force attacks come in, come into it somewhere. Well, if it's, if it's based off, if it's to do with this movie, I can just see them being so many convoluted <laughs> things to do in the game. If it's anything like the movie, <laughs> absolutely. So. Um, but then uh, you know they they fight for a bit, and then suddenly, oh no, there's some green coming out. <laughs> Which is funny because I, I I'm familiar, you know the reanimator movies where they or the, the green liquids all the way through them. It's so funny because I could kept thinking about it something to do with that, but it never ended up being anything like it. <laughs> no, no, but then uh, oh oh no, how do they how do they win though? It's because the guardian himself uses the power of I guess I'm calling it the power of green. I really have <laughs> this joke is going to get so old so fast that I need to say some of it for my wrap up at the end. <laughs> so, so the the uh, evil magic is known as the Fell, and uh, young wizard dude who's totally not Australian, not at all, no matter how many times his accent drops, <laughs> is is quite stunned to see Guardian use the Fell to fight back against the orcs. It's like, oh, it's just like, <laughs> how long does he stand there stunned? It seems like a very long time. He's just <laughs> standing there. Nothing else is happening. Everyone's just there and. Uh, and, and and this magic that the Guardian unleashes kind of, you know, hits so many of the orcs, but leaves our main orc, who we saw earlier, talking to his pregnant wife, who's standing right beside them and is completely untouched by, yeah. the, uh, by the magic that's, uh, that's released. Oh, yeah. And it's just, but uh, again, there's just so much, so much happening. <laughs> This is too much to take in, you know. And I, I think whenever I got confused or, or in spots like this, I'd go, "Okay, it'll hopefully be explained in the next scene." And a lot of times, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the, the one thing that I was sort of getting from early on is, you know, it's, it was very much about. That's the thing. I thought the the Shrek baby. I'm going to call it that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought that was going to be. You know how I said, you know, after the opening, you know, the opening title of you know Warcraft, I thought it was going to be then that old, the baby older or something like that, and then. We're sort of showing the, the younger humans as well. Because notice it was all about, I don't know, I thought it was supposed to be, this is probably me looking into it a bit much, but sort of the juxtaposition between both kind of kids and sort of how they sort of, but I don't think it was getting anything like, anything like that. But you knew that something was going to happen with that um, the younger guy, that he was end up going to save the day in some respect, even though the um, the guy who I don't know if he was, did he, was he his dad? He kept saying, yeah, it was all you know pretty much, you know, was always kind of like oh come on you know oh really and things like that about different things that he'd say so i um actually was he his dad uh, no no the, the guardian wasn't the wizard's dad no there, there was a subplot involving warrior dude <laughs> Just, i don't know what else to call him <laughs> uh, that, that works and man. and his son yes we, that's what confused me we, yeah we suddenly meet at some point when warrior dude walks into um a, a tent and his son starts talking to this guy lying on this bench and then suddenly like oh that's his son and his son keeps trying to get up to show that he's a warrior go no lay down son it's like <laughs> just just we got the point we got the point he wants to go you don't want him to go you got to do the same thing again okay that's great you've done it twice no no no, no third time oh four four come on Come on, just stop it. You made your point. Let's move on. 
<laughs> and that's what makes me think that yeah, for the rest of the movie, it's going to end up being these guys going to these younger ones going to be the ones that save the day, which I suppose kind of do. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, we'll obviously get back to the whole father-son dynamic a bit later on, which they uh, work very hard to uh, set up the the protectiveness of the dad towards his warrior son. No idea what that would lead, (laughs) but um, Mm. going back to that initial battle between the humans and and the orcs, and uh, as soon as you see the, I don't know, what would you call her... The sexy orc. <laughs> I've, I've just got green girl. Green girl. Um, orc who has a human figure and is wearing a fur bikini. <laughs> you know, it was pretty obvious that she was going to be captured straight up after she gets... Because she's like a slave girl or something initially, I believe. And then nice orc. I call him nice orc. Nice okay. orc sets her free only to... So she can be captured by the humans and uh, get put in a cage with super duper big ugly orc uh, to be taken prisoner by the humans. I, I think that, that that all makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it does. But I, I do. I did laugh at the, the part though when she's in the um, in the cage and the, the other woman comes in and goes, um, "There's a life of freedom for you here now." I think myself <laughs> as you've got shots of the other ones with guns and her in this cage. I just thought it was quite funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, definitely a good cop, bad cop moment. <laughs> yeah, but it is like what you know how you said she doesn't look like any of the other didn't look like any of the other orcs. It was pretty obvious, yeah, that she was going to become, as you said, uh, the, the sort of the, the main um, the main plot line, I suppose. And um, but yeah, I was quite surprised that she didn't look like a lot of the others. And I think I don't I know it wasn't for a while later, but the, the part where she goes to kiss the other guy and it was just that awkward thing. All I could think of was, what's he going to do about the teeth on the outside? Yeah, those. <laughs> How's he going to make that work? Those tusks really tusks, are going <laughs> to be an issue in any sort of uh, intimate situation between um, this half orc girl and uh, <laughs> and and human. So. Uh, but e- even earlier on, she's saying, "How could you possibly meet with with?" The, I, I think there's a a thing where she just goes, "Oh, that that one is looking at me. He must want to meet with me, but he's too weak and brittle, and I would break his bones." Like, okay, <laughs> You're like what do you what do you do with those tasks? <laughs> it's just like okay, okay, and yet like, yet later on, there's. There's a, a reason that I will get into why a warrior dude is drunk and they come very close to having a kiss. I'm thinking, was there anything, anything that led to this in this movie? There's at no point, aside from some longing stares from the wizard, that kind of indicated that there was any romantic interest between this warrior and this half-hawk. I know it's quite strange, and it's like you know, they're, it's like they were trying to make some kind of love interest, and and by making her a sexier orc, <laughs> you thought, oh, this could possibly work, but yeah, too little, too late, guys. You could have brought that in a bit earlier. Maybe when they was giving us all that plot in the first ten minutes, it might have been a bit more information they could have given us. That would have been great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All we found out about her uh, during the start was that she was considered um, a lesser orc. Because of her felt sexy figure, I guess, instead of big, brooding, bulky, muscly figure. <laughs> and and as such was, was chained to the uh, hooded bad guy orc. But then why was she with the hunting party that encountered the humans when she was a slave of the other orc? I don't know. That she, like she was just going out for a walk. <laughs> she was just suddenly there, like, for no apparent reason, aside from, oh, she just needs to be in a convenient location to be caught. 
Yeah, it's it's like they maybe they think oh we'll use her as bait to bring the others out, but I I don't think so. It is like what you said; it's more convenient that way. I think so. But um, one uh, one person we haven't spoken about is um Dominic Cooper, who's playing the king. Now I must admit we looked at I think it was last time it was when we looked at Star Crash. I thought I have a feeling he's taking a leaf out of Christopher Plummer's book. <laughs> I was getting a vibe the entire way through that real kind of subdued thing because if you went any 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 louder, it'd just come across camp. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, he played a very serious, earnest king who didn't really show much in the way of emotion. So yeah, almost something, so, almost something out of a bad sci-fi movie. You know, I've seen lots of pe- lots of bad sci-fi movies where they've worn similar outfits, but yeah, he's trying on a you know doing it subdued. Otherwise, it would be just really campy. Which is funny because he had the most outrageous costumes. I always laughed every time he'd put that um, kind of that lion mane thing on the, the, the armor he'd use for the fight. Oh, the the the, the helmet. It was like a yeah, the the head of a lion or something. Yeah, yeah, it was it was cool. But I'm thinking to myself, God, you can't be you, you can't not hammered up wearing outfits <laughs> like that. But um, but I think he was probably only to me probably the only sort of known actor sort of in it. And I I think it's always a trouble when you put. I always think that when you put famous names in a lot of movies like this, it sort of sometimes takes you out of the the fantasy world because you you, you recognise them. So that was probably the only one. But I, I think um, everyone else seemed quite unknown. I think. Yeah, well, I do know that the uh, the great uh, i'm a big fan of this man the great clancy brown did play one of the orcs so you know he always adds a bit of class no matter what he does he played uh whoever black hand was i think he was the sidekick of good orc possibly I can't keep trying. I don't know the names. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because there was that scene, you know, way later on in the end when he come when he um, the young um, knight meets the Lady of Darkness when he's talking. I swear it was Glenn Close. I don't think it was. It was like Glenn Close was making a cameo, but I don't think it was. <laughs> no, no, I think uh, Glenn Close would not come. Anywhere near to be Wait, close to this movie. <laughs> exactly. She'd, she'd be Glenn Farr, I think. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Quite possibly. And, and yeah, she yeah, she was in um, that one with Julia Roberts that we did. That I can't remember oh, that Oh, yeah, off. that Mary Riley. Mary oh Riley, God, yeah. <laughs> you keep reminding me about all these movies that I'm trying to suppress. <laughs> Oh, there's, there's not too many people that we haven't touched on redeeming features. Let's put it <laughs> well, that way. <laughs> well, it was a good segue from um, bad accents, anyway. <laughs> very true, very, very true. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. Look, the guy's accent isn't that bad when he's doing it, but when it drops, it's just so. So jarring to suddenly hear this Australian accent come through in the background. You know, he's try- but he's trying so hard. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't take that away from him. But it's a fantasy movie. Anything can happen. <laughs> Their accents can drop in and out. But um, yeah, that's one thing I always have to remember with movies like this. When things do start to, be- when these fantasy movies do become quite far fetched, and I'm going, what, what's happening? I've got to remember, I'm not a big fantasy buff. This is what happens, you know. But I think even this was probably a bit too much for people. <laughs> it's always a good time when we just talk about everything about the movie anyway um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I mean you know they, they didn't take long to sort of like you know once they've revealed that the the guardian uh, can use the fell which is meant to be a great corrupting power or whatever that whole chestnut and the guardian finds out that that uh, young wizard had had taken some stuff from his library and was putting together his own research and as soon as the guardian sees what young wizard is looking at he just immediately burns every piece of paper and uh, sets fire to all his research destroys everything he can see yet with all the fire 
the wooden room it's in remains untouched. <laughs> Maybe they weren't thinking about that and they added it in later and then went, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, there were things like that where you just like, oh, it could have been a lot more convincing if you just hadn't forgotten things like that <laughs> but again i was just like okay it must just exist in there this crazy world that we're in but that's that we've a, been in for almost two hours <laughs> yeah but that's one of the few times the guardian actually did anything quickly every other time we see him getting ready to do some magic it's just it's just like this massive build-up and slow build as he's pulling these poses and they're increasing the effects <laughs> around him until finally something happens and just leaves him completely wiped out he's like a one-and-done guy but yet he can <laughs> set fire to a room full of research without touching the wood walls and just walk away happily it's like dude are you a great wizard or not i can't tell <laughs> I, I did. I did like it though when he did those cool effects when he'd put that, you know, that blue ring around himself, sort of thing. But I know he did quite a, use that kind of a lot. But as you said, it was all full of poses or throwing the hand up and then suddenly doing that. So um, yeah, it's yeah, it might have gone a bit too out there. I think I might still be thinking of Star Crash when there was just a lot of um, <laughs> fake lasers and things like that mm. in the background because it seemed like a lot of times they were adding things in like this, like with the color green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And even his big glowy blue bath couldn't stop the green from appearing in his eyes. Yeah, that was weird, that scene. He's just, like, writhing around. <laughs> I'm going to let him have his moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He doesn't do much voice-wise, but uh, when he's barely able to move and he's meant to be exhausted, oh, he, he just... He just goes so over the top with... I mean, I, I don't know how you overact being exhausted, but this guy doesn't. <laughs> hey, I think the fact that he was a sorcerer or a guard... Yeah, whatever, the guardian. I, I think from day, from the moment he was on screen, he should have been camping it up. <laughs> mm. I think, as we said, he was a bit too subdued in the earlier scenes. Maybe he was maybe he was keeping all his strength for his, um, <laughs> his um, over-the-top exhausted <laughs> move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when he... Fell down. Uh, he had the most energy of the entire performance. He did. He did. <laughs> but one thing that really, really puzzled me, because, uh, I mean, you've got good orc who sees that uh, as soon as they've set up camp in this new world, everything around them starts dying and, and quickly puts together that it's the fell, the magic that kills everything. And he's thinking, you know we must talk to these humans or whatever to try to sort things out. And he arranges them to meet in this black rock canyon or whatever it was. Yeah. And, and like the humans rock up and it's like, did they bring the entire court with them? Are they insane? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay. They brought their King, the leader, because it was meant to be a meetup between the leaders. But, but then nice orc isn't even the leader of the orcs why the hell is the king actually there couldn't he have just sent a authorized representative why are you there you dopey king <laughs> it, it almost struck me as a sort of move that must be something to do with the video game a bit too like yeah, i'll move a little bit no we'll meet in the middle no instead of him just sending out i know what you mean it was quite strange too and the fact that they have him kind of at the front of the entire group <laughs> that are in no way protecting him from anything happening to him, you know, because they're all behind the king. But um, as you mentioned, he brought pretty much every man and his dog with them and their horse. <laughs> yeah, and, and like before anything actually, you know, because of course things go wrong and, uh, you know, they end up being attacked by the extra green bad orcs. 
because the greater the orc, the better they were. That's something I noticed. <laughs> and yet the entire time, I didn't know if the humans knew that the Guardian was on top of the cliff or not, doing his very, very long setup for his uh, his lightning dance, which <laughs> made the shield just as the attack of the uh, ambushing orcs was starting to look like they were going to reach the main humans. And, and then suddenly, there it is! Good thing he that was you know it's a good thing he he started preparing earlier and didn't have to do it at the last minute. <laughs> God, that those scenes of him up there doing that stuff was just something straight out of Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. I know we'd mentioned earlier. <laughs> it just struck me him with the hood and the arms up. But I think um I think inevitably any anyone doing that pose, it's going to have been done before. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, again, just uh, amazing physical overacting by a guy who barely acts when there's just dialogue. Yeah, I know. Maybe it's the robe doing all the work. <laughs> Quite possibly. It's just accentuating everything. Uh, but <laughs> or the green effects or the eyes and stuff that they, yeah, you know, seem to be flashing all the time. <laughs> indeed, indeed. But uh, we, we do finally get a payoff for that earlier scene of just the uh, over overprotective father of his soldier son when the son is inexplicably trapped on the wrong side of the shield. And so dad gets to watch as one of the bad, bad orcs kills his son in a very drawn out scene oh i know especially that pan out when he's dying on the floor and it's just his long pan out okay we understand <laughs> yeah but he's thinking you are really rubbing this in because we know there's a point where that dude and that orc are gonna get into a fight i mean you've set that up we know it's happening You've made your point, you're still making your point. Why are you still making your point? I don't know, you're still making your point. Can we please change scene now? Oh, but it's like, no, we have to stop on this for a while to give them a bit more of a human side. And I noticed that, because it would be action, action, action. And then there'd be a, a lull where it's, I don't know, there's one scene where the, you know, the, the, the um, Guardian's talking with the green girl or whatever we decide to call her and it's almost like giving his life story almost <laughs> there's these moments where they try to i don't know flesh it out a bit or, or give it a bit more of a human thing and i think that's what we were supposed to be heart-wrenched that this guy died but it, it's quite hard because as you said it was just setting up for a fight between the father with the other orc yeah yeah but uh, i mean you yeah, mentioning too the 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 chat between the the guardian and and the half orc and yeah, like you was... know, the, these orcs come from a place where there are apparently no humans, and it's just like the way the conversation goes. I'm thinking, did the guardian just imply that he was her father? Because he was talking about traveling to this other world and how how love doesn't know shapes or something. I, I've, I was having trouble following what he was talking about, but essentially implying that he fell in love with an orc and there was a baby, which would explain why she was the only half orc. But then, oh, okay. then See, he I didn't, didn't it, get that. I know, but like it wasn't. It was one of the things that just the way it was said. It was so convoluted, <laughs> and it's just like I, I, I think he said that he's his father, but I don't really know because this guy's dialogue is terrible and he delivers it poorly <laughs> it's like put some more enthusiasm into a guy but yeah no whereas i was thinking it was more going into this love sort of scene so we're on a totally different page here <laughs> yeah well of course that's the shortly after that and after some point some some point about love is good between whoever even if they're completely different races and completely different planets, separa separated by a giant green portal. Uh, <laughs> but that's when she then goes finds warrior dude drunk 
as anything after the death of his son, and which kind of leads to the bit where they almost kiss. That's right. And the whole time I'm thinking, what's he going to do with those little tusks? They're going to get in the way. <laughs> the, yeah, if the tusks are getting passionate, those tusks are going to cause some <laughs> serious injuries. See how deep, Blizzard, we're thinking about this? <laughs> you know, you've given, us, you've given us so much depth with this movie. It's more than just a video game. If you, cons- if, <laughs> if you let Uwe Boll direct this, there would have been a sex scene between those two, and we would have seen what happened with those tasks. And let's just say there would have been a really cool end line with Gutentag something something. We have to listen to that podcast for it. Yes, you yes. hear about that. <laughs> no, not going to repeat that line, but yes. If you listen to the Blood Rain 3 podcast... Gee, we'll plug a lot of the podcasts here. You'll find about find out about the best line Uve Pole ever put into a film. Anyway, <laughs> but, then as, but then as you said, Trevor, when we talk about anything but, but the movie we're on topic, that usually says a lot. Too. <laughs> <laughs> we're plugging another movie that's terrible. <laughs> Absolutely, but yeah, okay. Back to this movie, it, but there is no surprise. I mean, obviously, because after the ambush and you know the super green orcs are the ones that double cross the tribe of the good orcs of like good orc gets taken to magical evil orc to be uh put on trial i guess for betraying and and at the, at the time he's doing it and he's saying you make sure that that my tribe is safe or whatever and he's going oh yeah absolutely in the meantime the extra green orcs are out there setting fire to the encampment and killing everyone they can find, leading to Mrs. Orc. (laughs) The only (laughs) female orc in the encampment, apparently, was just his good orc's wife and the half-orc. Everybody yeah, that's actually orc. interesting. And that's probably why the, the baby was put in such high regard, because I was thinking to myself, God, surely they have babies all the time here, but obviously the fact that, that they've only got one woman, they don't. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but, you know, the, um, the second in charge of the tribe who was kind of making a deal with evil green orc earlier to get access to the fell. As soon as he sees what's happening, he, he lets Mrs. Orc and Baby escape, leading to the whole putting the baby in a handy a handy boat-shaped log. I, I mean, where did they get that boat from? That was a boat. That was a oh, full-on no. boat. She'd pre-organised that somehow. Yeah, it wasn't a log. <laughs> it wasn't a raft made of sticks and leaves. It was a boat. A baby-sized boat. I don't know why they would have bought that across from from the other world when they could only get a certain number of orcs through. Well, maybe maybe a special orc power is they can make boats with the snap of a finger. I don't know. <laughs> make these little. What are they like? Kind of like a manger. That's what it was like. Yeah. And um, but yeah, it was funny how they did that because I thought like obviously we find out what happens later on with with when her putting the baby in there. But I, I thought that would come up again but let's just say I, I forgot about it pretty much as soon as she did it <laughs> yeah yeah it was like, i'm glad they reminded us actually at the end spoiler alert <laughs> it's like yeah they're sending baby off, off down the river and, and then it's like it was almost like we weren't going to find out what happened to the baby until the, until the absolute last scene of the movie but still we'll get to that just, I suppose, a, a bit of the backplot that we had established was that young wizard had run, a, run away from wizard college and hadn't stayed. So uh, he he returns to wizard college because he doesn't trust the uh, the guardian because the guardian used the fell. 
Mm. And uh, we, we get another one of those great scenery shots as he rides off in the griffin and flies up into the clouds. And, oh, look, yeah, there's a, a giant city in the clouds. <laughs> of course. It doesn't seem to end with this place. No, no. <laughs> nice and spectacular. Again, on the big screen, it would have looked pretty impressive. Mm. Not so impressive when they go inside and, and there's just a giant black magical box sitting there for some reason. Oh, the reason it's there is so that they can actually just have some exposition and give Young Wizard the exact information he needs without actually having to go through any sort of of, uh, of extra effort on his half, on his <laughs> And I think they probably thought by this stage, which they've shown way too much stuff, <laughs> given them that they've got too much to take in. Because I must admit, I don't, I think we're sort of at the point sort of in the, probably a, uh, three quarters of the way through but it was by this stage it all started to get so confusing for me <laughs> and I think it was because so many plots had been established that you were sort of waiting for them to tie up or or didn't really know where it wanted you know where our focus should be let's just say but um as you said um with the now that we're at the wizard park because I did know that yeah from early on I knew that he was going to be sort of let's just say the guy's going to save the day and um yeah we're starting to get to that point now I suppose the final climactic battle <laughs> I don't know if yeah, that's what you call it. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it still takes a while from this point but it's like you know they they have this big reveal and mystery woman who was the source of magic or something yeah that was strange or some such <laughs> pretty much says straight out oh by the way the Guardian's being corrupted by a demon. He's evil. You've got to stop him. And if that wasn't enough, we had to cut back to the Guardian in his tower where he immediately, uh, where he kills his longtime helper before jumping into the big blue bath and turning it green. It's like, okay, did we need both of those things? Couldn't <laughs> one or the other have done? This is a two-hour movie. I know. As it is, yes. do you have to tell us, then show us? Can't you just show us? <laughs> and, and that's the things that make me scratch my head when it's a two-hour movie. You could have cut this out. <laughs> but um, but no, maybe they're thinking it's explaining a bit more. For the people that didn't quite get it in the previous scene. Yeah, yeah. There's certainly a few things where they, they reinforce the point they're, uh, they're trying to make. Even the point is well and truly made. Well, see, I was thinking a lot of times they do things like that when, you know, the plot was too slight and they're, you know, essentially doing this off a video game and having to try and flesh it out. But really, they've given us so many plots, I don't think they need to stop and and reinforce things. But anyway. (laughs) Yeah, very, very true. I mean, in in the meantime, though, the half-orc, I I noticed as the movie progressed, she kept getting better uh, better clothes. <laughs> yeah, the, well, the quality of her clothes. She started off basically in a in a fur bikini, and and she ends up in this rather snazzy armored outfit. Which is, I mean, when you look at video game armor for female characters, they very rarely get full body suits of armor. So it was impressive to see in the Warcraft movie. So maybe that's what they meant early when they said, oh, you'll be looked after if you stay here. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll give you better armor. So, yeah, but um, but I suppose she's her being the, I was going to say token love interest, but her being, I suppose, the, the female interest of the movie, I think, um, yeah, it made sense for her um, wardrobe to get better. But you'd think, being the audience that it was for, that they would get skimpier, but I'm kind of glad they didn't go that route. Yeah, yeah, but then... Uh, An obvious route. <laughs> and then as a sign of their budding romance, um, she goes, here... Take my dead mother's tusk to hold for me until I get back. And, and Warrior Dude just goes, come back alive. I'm thinking, 
Well, she's not going to come back if she's dead, so that was a pretty dumb thing to say. But <laughs> I yeah, thought whatever. that too. Yeah, it's, it's almost like the whole yeah, take care. <laughs> but yeah, it's um yeah, I thought that was quite strange too. She should have really turned around and actually said some really some little um, little jab. I think some one liners. It could have lent itself to some one liners like that. I think this movie. <laughs> yes, indeed. It, it 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 certainly took itself. I think it took itself a bit too seriously for one liners. Oh, I know, especially considering. Yeah, Warcraft fans, but maybe they thought assumed Warcraft fans want something serious because this is their serious game. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, speaking of like unexplained things, I know we're jumping around a bit, but that's what the movie does. When when they cut back to the the orc encampment and good orc decides to challenge evil wizard bad green orc to a duel and he's walking out to uh, to face them one on one in battle. And he, like, takes off the robe and then just stands up to his full height. And he's just this massive built, super muscly dude. Thinking, so what, you are only walking with a hunch under that robe for effect? Because nothing in what you're doing now shows me that in any way you needed to walk with a hunch. You seem fine. <laughs> it's like what you said about the whole, um, he may as well have a bad guy written all over his chest. Well, you know, the hunch was all part of it. <laughs> true, true. It just, the hunch was for bad guy effect. You're thinking, okay, yeah. I've got the glowing green eyes, I've got the <laughs> evil scowl, I've got the magic that just basically kills people and sucks life out of everything around me. I've got the big gnarled stick with the glowing green gem. Hmm, I don't think I look bad enough. I know, I'll walk with a hunch for no reason. <laughs> but he's got to have a big reveal where it's nothing's what it seems. <laughs> but then even after that, when he puts it back on, he walks with a hunch again. It's I like, know. <laughs> we, we know it's a lie. Why are you still doing it? <laughs> Maybe that robe's really heavy. Well, don't wear it. <laughs> <laughs> Causing him to hunch. But anyway, so, I don't know, it's giving our characters a bit more depth. <laughs> uh, but, but this is actually, because, I mean... Um, this actually gave me a, a, a bit of a surprise uh, because I mean earlier when when the the wife put the baby in the in the in the boat and sent it down river um, and then was killed, you're thinking, okay, that that's a pretty common thing, you know, that gives opens up, you know, all sorts of lovely revenge plots. That's all good, but then in this fight between good orc and uh, and evil orc, and it looks like the good orc's going to win for a while until evil orc suddenly starts cheating with magic and 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 using his fell to to win the match, much to the disapproval of all the orcs around him. And it's like, oh, okay, oh, he actually killed good orc, and you think that's going to lead to a great rebellion, but as soon as he kills off a few more orcs, basically to say, do what I do, or I'm going to take your life too, it like made no difference to the orcs' plan. That suddenly everything was back on, 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 on task again, and it's like, okay, they just sacrificed the main orc character, the main good orc character in the movie. He's gone, and apparently it's made no difference. Oh, I know. It's like what? It's like we just have to have a, some way to get rid of this character so we can move on. But that's yeah. That by by this stage, I'm still scratching my head. So, <laughs> but yeah, I'm 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 not I'm not questioning any decisions they're doing by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a mystery, but it did lead us into, I suppose, the uh, the big finale where the the army charges into the orcs encampment with uh, with she orc at the side and. And yet again, the king leading the charge. Come on, king. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. and, and this is when I really noticed, like, there was green blood 
spurting everywhere. When it comes to green blood, they didn't hold back. But I don't think I saw any blood from any human being cut down. Yeah. Interesting you say that. And I think there's only, but there's a couple of times when, um, I think even really early in the movie where they found the, they find this patch of you know red blood on the ground, and and that's probably the only one of the only times they show things like that. But yeah, as you said, it was like it's it's like for them to get a certain rating or for it to be to look okay on the big screen, they had to had to tone it down a bit. Because actually, what was the rating of this movie? Probably would have been just M or something. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was PG or M. Um, a lot it... of times, decisions like that are to do with the fact that it might it might have looked too too gruesome or something like that but yeah i was just interested yeah i, I, I think it may have got an end because yeah it got an end because i mean at the end of the day even though there wasn't much actual real like human blood in there this movie got pretty violent yeah i was gonna say i don't think especially as you said when you've got mentions of um, animals being you know like horses and things like that but um and even that i mentioned him again my friend the griffin he, he, he had some attitude <laughs> When he got into it, too. Oh, yeah, the, the, the Griffin got involved in the fight and was picking up orcs and throwing, biting, their, biting their heads off and throwing them across the thing. Green you're blood like going everywhere. You're like going, oh, I think I'll stick to just using you as a um, uh, as a mode of transport, thank you. Yep, yep. And uh, as, as all this is going on, we go back to the Guardian's Tower where you've got... Uh, You've got young wizard and warrior dude going in because they've. But this stage, they have finally worked out that that the guardian is the one who's actually opening the portal. In, it's not actually green orc dude. It's it's the guardian. He was behind it the whole time. <gasps> <laughs> I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you pesky kids. And um, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> and, oh, that's good. It should have been a line. Uh, and he's you know. They're, they're trying to work out how to defeat him, and he activates this giant golem that, well, this giant rock creature that was almost, almost like a throwaway line at the start of the movie. He's going, oh, I'm just making this. He might be useful sometime. <laughs> you go, okay, fine. He's, he's useful because they need a big epic final battle. It's funny because, yeah, I've, I've completely forgotten about, ah, oh, that's why they threw that in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the reference to the... <laughs> because all, all, all the Guardian's doing is basically walking around saying bizarre words, looking increasingly gaunt. It's like, okay, okay, he's... He's got the green pool, he's got the green eyes, he's still got his hood on, he's saying the evil words, we've also got to make his face look like it's got black bloody streaks on it, because... Yeah, you know, like it's been sucked out or something. We, we can't have enough of... We, we can't have too many evil signs of someone in this movie. <laughs> They've gone to every evil evil trope and made sure they tick off the list. <laughs> but, but yeah, just before... I, I did notice that just before the... Um, because obviously they they take the guardian down, but just just before the 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 finals final onslaught where uh, the young wizard gets the warrior dude to lure the guardian into the pool of green so that he can do a bit of magic, which drops, drops the golem on top of him. It was quite interesting, but they, they have like a they have like a little surrogate father son moment. I'm thinking, yeah, okay, oh, so he lost his real son, but he got a symbolic son back with this withered guy that he had a up against a wall in a headlock at the start of the movie. <laughs> Isn't that nice? But it's also like, you know, again, too little, too late. It's like, do they really need to bother bringing all this in? But I suppose they have to round it all up, I suppose, and give, give them some sort of depth or human emotion. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Sorry, that was quite... That, that, that was very fitting. Sorry. <laughs> the, the huge crack of thunder that just happened at this end. 
<laughs> I hope that comes into the podcast because, wow, atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, so they, they close the portal, but yet they're still fighting the orcs at the other end and things are looking worse and worse. They they free most of the prisoners, but you've still got the king and the, the soldiers and, and, uh, and, and, and she-orc. <laughs> battling away mm-hmm. and uh this is one of the few times where she got some human blood when the king basically turns to the half orc and says you've got to kill me so that they will respect you and you can bring about change and you can be the instrument of peace and she ends up stabbing him in the back of the neck and then we get to see her bloody hand because symbolism oh no. <laughs> Oh, look, it's it's good they thought to put these things in here, but yeah, enough, guys. But, you know, especially when this final battle scene was just, I don't know, it just felt like, oh, we've gone into that territory again, like in the opening scenes where it's just too much to look at. (laughs) There is a lot going on. It's all very symbolic and all the orcs look at her and and everyone stops and and it's like, oh, look at that. That's going to help bring her about the peace, except there's a little problem and and it's almost like you know that would have been uh almost like a place to to stop the movie it it like seemed like a good finish but then warrior dude turns up riding on the griffin that he'd dramatically jumped on from there yeah finds the king with the weapon that he gave she orc in the back of his neck so he's looking at her in disbelief no other humans are alive at this point so nobody knows about what the king said to her, and he doesn't even bother asking. So it's like, that's a problem with your plan, king. I think you should have thought that out a bit better or found some way to let people know that you were sacrificing yourself for this purpose, because otherwise everyone's just going to think that she's as bad as the rest of the orcs. Oh, yeah. But I, I think by this stage of the movie, Trevor, I stopped questioning <laughs> But yeah, it, it's quite straight. But I, I, and how that warrior guy had to fly and, and save the day. I, I thought it was so right that it should have ended just before that. And I thought it was actually going to. Yeah, but, but it continues. And I think even then, I looked and we still had fifteen minutes of the yeah. movie to go or something. Well, <laughs> because you know he goes in there, he tries to take the king. The orcs close in. Suddenly, he's having a one-on-one fight with. Would you believe it? The orc that killed his son. Oh, funny that. And there was such a build-up. And then, like, the orc charges, and he just, like, does one slice, comes around the back, and stabs him in the back. And that's it. We're thinking, well, that was pretty easy revenge for such a big build-up. Oh, I know, yeah. When they could have... And, and again, we've forgotten all about the baby at this stage. But that's not all we forgot about. Again, because we already had the ending. We had the, we had the situation where, allegedly... Because at the last minute, the Guardian basically turned into a demon who was the source of the fell, and he got destroyed. But then there's a thing between the the half-orc and, and the big bad-orc where they're almost working out, how to, working out how to work together, and yet he's still got access to the fell that apparently had just been destroyed. And then this whole plot of the king sacrificing himself to help bring peace about, but then we have that scene where they're having a funeral for the king, and it's just like, yeah, the orcs, they're all bad. They killed our king, the one we trusted turned against us. We're going to have to battle them and, and take them all out. It's like, okay, that's not a resolution. And and that should have been an ending. And then I thought that was going to be the ending. And it sort of finished with that. It's like, I'm thinking at that point, they really, really expected a sequel. And then <laughs> yeah, we see what, what I was thinking. Then we see what happens. And then suddenly the baby in the boat's bumping up against the shore. And it's like, we get like a voiceover of 
of how he's going to be a great warrior and lead his people one day. And it looks like he's about to attack the humans at Discover Room. And then we get the magical end credits. <laughs> but I, I, I did like the fact that the baby had so much attitude towards the uh, as soon as it saw a human. Ah! Ah! <laughs> yeah, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they would. I, I don't know if I assume they are making sequels because it's not like it was enough of a bomb for them not to. I don't know, but um, maybe, yeah, based on our thoughts, yeah, anyway, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard anything about a sequel at this point, but then, you know, it, it, I mean, it, 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 it seems strange that this movie only came out last year. It, it seems, I don't know, it seems like it's been around for a much longer time. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I, I actually thought it might have been you know, a couple, two, three, three years or something like that, but um, I'm glad people haven't continued talking about it. <laughs> well, actually, that's probably a good sign about what people think about the movie. The fact that, yeah, not many people are talking about it and it was only last year. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but um, I did kind of like the the magical the the magical closing credits. You know, there was like swirling colors going everywhere and people's names appearing and suitable magical magical symbols and imagery coming up. Um, at least until that went and the magic went away and we just got the wall of text of all the special oh, effects that went stuff. For, that went for ages. And I don't know if it was um, the version I was watching, but yeah, the the sound was very very low in those end credits. Then like a very low hum, and you're almost like, okay, guys, whoever wasn't asleep or had left would be asleep by now <laughs> yeah i mean there was suitable music i think on my copy over that but like nothing particularly exciting it's just like they they got past their their swishy special effects and they just went yeah we're not gonna bother now is everybody else involved do with it as you please <laughs> it's almost like they could, it could have been cool to have um almost the baby being found as the stinger at the end but no one would have waited that long <laughs> exactly i mean that would have been that that's what that scene felt like it felt like a scene that gets inserted in the credits rather than something that happens just at the the end of the movie before the credits roll they're just worried no one would see it and if they were going to have a sequel you don't want to have missed that scene <laughs> no no not at all Okay, well, that's uh, that's gotten us to the end of Warcraft. I feel our chat was almost as uh, as long and epic as the movie. <laughs> Much more enjoyable. I mean, not to ruin any... <clears throat> yeah, I, I digress. <laughs> oh, it's all good. Now, uh, we have come to that time where we've got to uh, work out the redeemability or otherwise of this movie. Now, I did choose a Christian, so uh, over to you uh, to, let, uh, to tell us about your feelings towards the redeemability of this movie. Okay, well, I don't have, you know, obviously my thoughts have been a, a lot throughout and that CGI just, you know, that lost me from the start and it got to the point where I almost, even though the, the human stuff wasn't of human interest, I welcomed those scenes just as a bit of a break from this, the CGI that was happening. I'm glad that what we saw in the first sort of 10 or 15 minutes didn't continue the whole way through, but it came close. Look, uh, they always say when you talk about the cinematography of the movie, I don't know, that, that people aren't in liking the movie. And I, so I think this might sort of, uh, I might fall in that camp in this respect. I think the visual, it was definitely a visual overload, so I don't know necessarily if that was a good thing. But it was definitely great to look at, as I said, um, th- those shots with the Griffin. The Griffin was the best performer of the movie, I actually thought. so. And as a result, they successfully created their own world, which even though it was a bit jarring, sort of having the humans versus CGI, you know, it, it was believable enough that you could exist all this, you could believe that, you know, this existed in, in its own world. But look, Trevor, I 
not into this kind of thing. So I always worry that giving a bad review is because it's not my kind of thing. I'm not into fantasy. I'm not necessarily into video games. So I was probably going in the the other side of the coin, but I definitely, Trevor, I'm going to have to say it's irritating. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That is is the most priceless. (laughs) Oh, sorry, Warcraft gods. (laughs) But yeah, I'm gonna have to say it's irredeemable. They've taken they've taken a premise that could have possibly worked for an hour twenty movie, an hour and a half movie, and, and made it tried to give it a lot more heart, tried to give it a lot more emotion, and, and it was something that could have could have been a lot less serious and a lot more fun. So I think that's the heavens telling me to be quiet. So yeah, I'm gonna have to say, Trevor, it's irredeemable. There we go. Okay, that's an irredeemable from Christian. What can I do? Well, first up, like the performances. This movie was all over the place, and it, it, it kind of started with a promise of some sort of redemption for the orcs, but at the end, it's just like, okay, they apparently have achieved nothing, and we're back to square one. And the, the ending of it, that, that, that did get to me a bit. It didn't know where to end. For me, there was at least three endings all teasing something different. From the CGI point of view, it was definitely better than Gods of Egypt. Uh, yeah, there were parts where it stood out, but I, I kind of adjusted to it. Uh, for a lot of the movie, it kind of just washed over me, uh, but there were still parts where it did get pretty ropey. I mean, I kind of almost worked my way through this film with a kind of horrified fascination. The acting was all over the place, the effects were all over the place, the plot was all over the place, and green was over everything. <laughs> it did slow down a bit from time to time, but always seemed to throw in a bit of action just in time to stop me from uh, crossing that line into full boredom that I came close a few times. And I've got to say, Christian, I did find this one, thinking about it, was was borderline. You know, I, I want to give them points for trying, but at the same time, you have to take points away for it taking itself way too seriously. Seriously, a, a bit of camp would have helped this movie a lot. And and that's where I said, like, really on the, on the edge. So I did have one conclusion last night, but talking it over with you tonight, I've kind of reverse my decision like i was expecting much much worse (laughs) and initially the surprise that it wasn't as bad as i was expecting was going to be enough to push it over the line only by a tusk but (laughs) after our conversation tonight you've talked me down christian it's come under the line. I, uh, after actually talking about it and and a bit of back and forwarding and just realizing what I watched last night, I can't redeem it. <laughs> Insert thunder. Oh, I didn't get Ooh. thunder. I'm disappointed. <laughs> hey, there's a thing called editing. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, okay, so with two irredeemables, as bad as I felt saying it, I just, yeah, I, I, I couldn't redeem it either. So I, I, I'm sorry I changed your no, mind. that's quite all right. <laughs> I, I think it shows that, that even, even though it was irredeemable, I, I think this movie I would still suggest people watch if they're curious. Because like I said, I, I came very close. I came very close to that line to to push it over the edge. So, you know, it's got some things going for it just not enough <laughs> yeah, not enough for us <laughs> so so i'm sure there'd be plenty of fans that would like it and i'm sure there's fans of the games that loved yeah. it as well so or, or found a different audience so maybe just wasn't for us but if you love horses or the color green don't watch it <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Otherwise, you'll have a green overload. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, that's, a, that's an irredeemable for Warcraft from 2016. Wow, Oof. proof that they can still make irredeemable movies in recent yeah, times. Absolutely. <laughs> we did that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from a couple of years ago, Christian. We know that they can still make irredeemable movies <laughs> now. I, I think this also came out the same year as Gods of Egypt. I think that was another 2016 movie oh, yeah, as well. I'm not too so sure. I've, I've tried to erra- erase that from my brain, but I can't even remember my thoughts on it. But <laughs> yeah. listeners, you'll have to check that one out too to see what we said. <laughs> We are plugging a lot of our own podcasts tonight. As you said, so, that says a lot about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? We may not have been able to redeem it, but this is the Redeeming Features podcast. So we do like to finish on a positive note. We may not have liked it, but the movie does have its fans. And so I've dug up another review to round things out. The title of this one is One of Our Family's Faves. What an awesome, exciting movie. I'm not one that is a big fan of Warcraft anything, but when I saw the trailer to this movie, the graphics alone made me want to purchase it. The movie itself is so good. I loved it. The plot is exciting, and the graphics, man, they are so cool. Makes them look so real and scary, and it's overall just an awesome movie. We all love this movie. I'm so excited for part two to be released because I'm definitely buying it. I recommend this movie as a great family movie. All six kids and hubby and I loved it. Very captivating. Five stars. Family classic, huh? I wouldn't have put it in that category, but... (laughs) Yeah, my youngest is not seeing this movie for a while. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Maybe she's talking about her sons being older. I don't know. (laughs) But, um, oh, well, at least there's a fan for it. But um, I don't think I'll be shelling out for part two. But interested to see what they do with that baby subplot. (laughs) With that plot, I mean. Absolutely. Well, with any of the plots that they left open at the end of the movie. As, as long as Tim Minchin comes back and makes a cameo as the as the Guardian. I mean, sorry, whoever the guy's name was. <laughs> yes, yes. Tim, Tim Minchin, but without the personality, except when he was exhausted. Yeah, exactly. God, that's saying a lot about someone's acting ability. Their only, their only best performance is when they're exhausted. <laughs> so, Okay, I think it's time to uh, to move on from Warcraft. I think we moved on from Warcraft a few times during the chat. <laughs> yes. But now we can officially move on from Warcraft. And uh, it's that time, Christian. We, we need to know what we're watching next time. Okay, well, I thought, well, a we'll, bit, bit of a segue. We may as well look at something from recent times as well. So it's very unlike Ooh. me not to choose something from the 70s or 80s or something. It's actually probably a bit refreshing. I'm actually going to go back to... 2017. That's how long ago this film came out. Now, this is a movie I've been wow. wanting to see for a while now. It, it, it was unanimously panned. It. Um, I'm not sure about the box office, but it was something that the premise sounded quite interesting and I thought I'd, I was quite interested to see how they would tackle this. I'm quite a fan of, of the lead actress and not necessarily the product that she pulls in isn't necessarily of a high quality, but I thought it sounded like a fun movie. Once I heard it came and went within a couple of days from cinemas, I was even more intrigued. So we're going to look at the Amy Poehler, Will Ferrell movie, The House from 2017. Oh, 
Very interesting. I, I noticed I, I did see a little bit <laughs> about this movie. And then, yeah, you're right. It disappeared very, very fast. So, so, I, yeah, so I, w- yes. I want to see if it's as bad. But uh, to me, the, and, oh, I love Amy Poehler. I think she's great. And um, and I, as soon as I, he- I read, a, a read a plot summary that says, you know, that a family has to raise money, have to open a casino in their basement... To me, that's a premise. It sounds exciting, but um, let's see how it all unfolds. So I've been holding off. I thought we'd do it for the podcast. Very good. We're actually doing a movie from this year, uh, and and you're right. It didn't come out that, that, out all that long ago, yet it's already available for home viewing. That's <laughs> never normally a good sign for the uh, the the box office performance for a movie. Yeah, I, let's just say, I think they said it's the 13th year in a row that Will Ferrell's had a, a, a one of the, yeah, the, one of his worst openings or something like that. So in, in 13 years or something like that. So oh I thought I thought I'll hold off and um, and we'll, we'll watch something that we're both going in fresh also with this one. So Absolutely. So uh, if anyone out there does want to check out The House before our next podcast, uh, it is available on uh, Dendy Direct, PlayStation Store, Microsoft Store, and iTunes uh, to rent or buy. I'll leave that decision up to you. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, do people really want to be paying too much money? I probably wouldn't rush out and buy the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> so good you got some options there so um yeah and we we're interested to hear what people think and obviously their thoughts on warcraft too absolutely so if you do want to have your say we are always up for hearing other people's opinions you can easily get in touch with us you can head to our homepage, rufusproject.com and leave a comment below this very episode you can find the rufus project on twitter or facebook nice and easily or you can send a, send us an email to podcast at rufusproject.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on Warcraft. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the house. In fact, if you want to, you can even suggest a movie for us to check out uh, because we've uh, we've had a few movies that we never would have thought of if it hadn't have been for suggestions. So we're always keen to uh, to hear other people's thoughts about what we can cover and I, I also think people should be up for the challenge of finding a movie we haven't done because it seems like a lot <laughs> <laughs> yep yep if you head to that website uh there is a link on the side there that will take you to the list of movies we've had looked at for the redeeming features cast it's a scary list it, it goes from shutter to shutter to oh my god to oh my god that was so great so you, you might be surprised <laughs> with, with, with and i'm not going to tell you what movies they were for and i probably can't remember <laughs> yeah I, I keep wondering if i should just go through and like put a ticker across beside each of them as to whether we redeemed them or not but that seems like a lot of work <laughs> and i'd have to revisit some of those and i'm not too sure i want to <laughs> there you go there's the redeeming features god's telling you no you will not yeah it's probably it's probably it's telling you not to go back and look at some of these movies <laughs> fair enough well obviously uh the redeeming features gods are a bit unpleased <laughs> non-pleased what that word i don't know what the word i can't yeah. talk anymore <laughs> I, I, I think this is a bad sign that I am losing my words. So <laughs> let's move on to better things. And speaking of better things, I understand, Christian, you've got a big pile of better things coming up in the near future that people can go to. Oh, definitely, as he runs and gets his list because he has so many to think of. But I don't know if this podcast will be out in time, but on the... Um, oh, actually, it'd just be out if you hear it in time. It's Saturday the 4th of November. We've got Bowie's Down Brunswick, which is a whole afternoon and evening of charity events for David Bowie. We've got Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. 
Lawrence, we've got the charity walk and a David Bowie party. I'm bringing back lots of trauma movies by popular request. So we've got um, Surf Nazis Must Die, Toxic Avenger, um, Cannibal the Musical, um, and Princess Bride and Dirty Dancing. We've got so many sessions of those because they just, you know, they won't die, which is not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> and we've got the 75th anniversary of Casablanca on the 25th of November as part of a 40s afternoon. So head to christianfletcher.com or Christian Fletcher Events on Facebook because there's too many to mention here. Fantastic. And uh, if you're in the mood for some more podcast fun, uh, there is another podcast on the Rufus Project Network. I still maintain that two podcasts make a network. And that is the What the History podcast. Um, we recently celebrated one year of that. Uh, and we followed on from that one with a Halloween episode talking about some bizarre bits of more uh, gruesome history than we would normally cover in, in the podcast. So uh, that's also worth checking out. Uh, normally it's about 20 minutes long it's a quick fun listen and uh, that's available at wthpod.rufusproject.com thoroughly recommended so as i say bad movies or really interesting history so one 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 extreme to the other (laughs) and i'll probably take this opportunity to also plug the rufus project youtube channel which because i love too many things is mostly dedicated to classic gaming where you get to see we have a uh, twice weekly feature called the one credit challenge where i take on a uh, digital recreation of a pinball table or an old arcade game and see how well i can do with just one credit we also throw in gameplay from classic consoles and whatever else we think of at the time and i also am looking at how to integrate more youtube content for both of the podcasts. <laughs> Actually, that was more well-timed. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I also am considering a Patreon, so if you can think of anything that you might like to see as a reward, I've already got some ideas. You can have a look at the Rufus Project Facebook page from a little while ago where I uh, floated a few ideas. Uh, but, um, yeah, I am considering Patreon to hopefully get more content out there in more and varied ways. Fantastic. Looking f- <laughs> I think that's probably a good way to end. <laughs> yes, yes. Nice sinister roll of thunder after I talk about the concept of asking for money. Wow. Uh-oh. <laughs> Oh, on that note then, Trevor, I'm looking forward to our next chat because as we always say, if the movie's no good, at least the chat is. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, we'll be uh, checking out the house from this year. Wow. And uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks' time to uh, discuss whether or not it is redeemable. So uh, until then, look, enjoy whatever movies you enjoy, even if the thunder says otherwise. And we will catch you next time. See you then. Oh, God. No, I, I don't want to click it. I'm not going to click it. Why don't you click it? If they say no to you, I say we say no to them. If they don't want my baby, they're stupid. I got it! When I became a dad, I made a choice to support my daughter's dreams. You don't have enough money. It says right here we have $401,000. Jackpot. You missed it. Uh, that says you have a 401k account. Alex thinks we can afford tuition and we can't. We gotta lie. That's what parents do. Because otherwise the kids are gonna realize that we don't know what we're 
Welcome. I have a way for you guys to make four years tuition in one month. Underground Casino. The math seems to check out. Do this math. You're 40 years old and you go to jail for 20 years. How old are you when you get out? 90. No. 100. Honey. If I have some scratch paper, I can figure it out. You want to make money like Vegas? You got to look like Vegas. We've got a nail salon, massages. You're never going to believe what's in this next room. Is it a strip club? What's up with that kid? That kid's 11. He's a fantastic DJ. Drop that beat. Amazing. All right, Mama lies. Your mother and I will be working late every night. I just can't help but feel like you're lying. We love you so much. We're so proud of you. But you need to shut up. What did you just say? It's so hard being a parent. There's something fishy going on with those three. We're going to bet on our friends fighting? We're a casino. Have you ever heard of fight night? Martha and Laura are pretty good in there. They both take the same MMA class at the Y. Oh, she doored her. I don't know why I love this so much. It's my brother. Are those women's sunglasses? No, they're tiny. I feel like a badass bitch. I'm not gonna tell my daughter she can't go to college, so we resorted to a life of crime. Amazing, amazing. Guys, we got a problem. Cheating. We gotta send a message, like De Niro and Casino. You think you can cheat us? What are you guys gonna do about it anyway? Oh, I'm so scared. <laughs> I'm gonna do this. No, I'm gonna do this. Hey, hey, hey. Don't play around with collapse. Oh! Tell your friends if they mess with that, this is what they're gonna get. But it's good to watch this movie. Do you think we should? Got bad I love dodgy creatures, but we want to know what the redeeming features. Boy, oh boy. Christian and Trevor on the case, watching movies from all over the place. I'm the beast. It's bad, but we want to know if it's fun to be had. Boy, oh boy. Redeeming features. Let's keep 